Welcome to DLSN, a podcast brought to you by McGuire Woods and Seven Mile Advisors. DLSN promotes the advancement of women in private equity and finance through conversations with women leaders and rising stars in the private equity and finance space. These conversations provide both insights and practical takeaways to inform your deal work and enhance the culture of your organization. If you're ready to drive the industry toward a more inclusive and diverse environment, then it's time to come to the table. Welcome back to DLSN, a podcast brought to you by McGuire Woods, LLP, and Seven Mile Advisors. I'm Ann Dorsett, and with me today is Melissa Mount, Managing Director, Leadership Talent and Diversity from GTCR. Founded in 1980, GTCR is a leading private equity firm focused on investing in growth companies in the healthcare, financial services and technology, technology, media and telecommunications, and growth business services industries. The Chicago-based firm pioneered the leader strategy, finding and partnering with management leaders in core domains to identify, acquire, and build market-leading companies through transformational acquisitions and organic growth. Since its inception, GTCR has invested more than $20 billion in over 250 companies. For more information about GTCR, visit their website, www.gtcr.com. Melissa, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode. As you know, DLSN is a podcast about and for women in private equity and finance. So I'm really happy to have you here today to discuss some topics with us. First, I'd like to find out what attracted you to private equity. Was there a particular event that motivated you to become a professional in this space? Yes, thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me today, and hello, everybody. Yes, there was a a very unique event that attracted me into private equity. I think this is, it was a chance encounter. I always say that I was recruited at 30,000 feet. I had a lucky seat placement on a, a flight out to California next to a venture capital partner from my former company, Baird Capital. And we just by chance got to talking and learning about each other. And he said, wow, we really need somebody like you at Baird focusing your functional expertise in private equity. And so that functional expertise, you know, had been honed in human capital and really driving outcomes from that human capital and people perspective. And so I started to do my research and found that, you know, this was a growing trend of being able to put that perspective of talent and human capital and organizational impact into play within the investment processes. So I ultimately joined Baird and then uh, now work with GTCR. And just so uh, our listeners know a little bit more about about you, Melissa, what exactly do you do as a leadership talent and diversity manager? Yes. So my focus is with our investment teams into the portfolio. So as we are seeking new talent, upskilling, adding, augmenting different roles within our portfolio companies, looking at how we round out our boards at our portfolio companies. That has been a keen focus of ours. Looking organizationally at how those companies are structured, how we might set them up 
for the future, how we're doing succession planning as well. So just a lot of impact and a lot of focus within the portfolio and for our investments. So as you go about doing that and setting up your team, do you see the value of women in these roles? And how has that, how have you seen that change over the past couple of years? Yes. So I think there's a couple of different areas for that. One is just within private equity firms. This has been a, you know, very sharp focus, I think, as an industry in general for us to attract and retain women in investment professional positions. So that is a big focus currently, and it has, you know, reaped a lot of benefits. It drives different perspectives within the organization. It opens up even sometimes to new investment opportunities. And, you know, we know that there's a lot of female leaders out there as well. And so, you know, I think that gives a unique advantage to women investment professionals as well. Also within the portfolio companies, you know, we have a lot of fantastic executive talent and cultivating that talent and knowing who that talent is in the portfolio companies is extremely important. And then thirdly, at the board level and bringing in that diversity and that diversity of experience and background and thought into the boardroom. And so those are really the three areas that we're focused on and we're seeing just very strong impact when we do have females and diversity in those different areas. Excellent. Excellent. So I feel like we've made some strides, but it's been a long road. Have you experienced any barriers that have prevented inclusion and engagement and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I think, you know, within the industry, the dominant group, right, are men. And, and sometimes I feel that there are just traditions, you know, it's unintentional, but there are just traditions or norms within, you know, organizations within private equity firms that don't intend to exclude a certain group of people, but, you know, maybe also there's the blind spot there that it doesn't really promote an inclusive environment as well. Recently, we, you know, we had some GTCR swag and for some of our new investment professionals and one of the female investment professionals got her swag bag and it had some great Lululemon, you know, jacket and athletic wear in it. And her comment was, wow, I've never received female clothing with, you know, the logo of my organization on it, you know, having been her, you know, career in investment banking and private equity. And, you know, again, I don't think that that's intentional act. I I think that is just a blind spot and how appreciated and how inclusive that felt, right, to actually have a shirt, right, not have a man's golf shirt that is going to go unused, but actually something that you can wear and, you know, be very appropriate. So I think that there is that awkwardness, there are the blind spots, but it's not intentional, it's just different. And, you know, organizations need to just be more conscientious and aware of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I started uh, laughing when I was hearing you talk about the swag bag, because one of the things <laughs> I remember being hard was business casual. And for a woman was just like, what does business casual mean? Right. Because I'm not 
golf happy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, or, you know, you get, I, I have many uh, golf shirts from many different events, right, that aren't the best yeah. uh, fitting shirts that just are my collection of event wear. So it is really, you know, nice and thoughtful, I think, and indicative of an inclusive environment when you are catering to everyone. So that was, I think, a small, right, but very meaningful gesture within our yes. environment. Yes, yes. I think there still needs to be a lot of intentionality, I think, from our male colleagues and also from women who are in a position of, of leadership to to in helping the younger women come up through the ranks. Did you hone any skills in overcoming these barriers, even if they were unintentional barriers? Yeah, I think just having that voice and knowing that it's not intentional or it's not a slight against, you know, you as a, as a female. And it is having that voice to be able to say, and make a suggestion or, you know, educate or bring a different, bring that different perspective into whatever conversation it is, or even as simple as inviting, you know, the male colleague out for, you know, hey, I'm going to go out for a cup of coffee. Would you like to join me? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. there is an awkwardness, you know, of, oh gosh, it's just easier to ask somebody that maybe you know well, or you have, you know, more in common, but you know, really reaching out and making the effort that isn't as maybe comfortable or easy. Right, exactly. So do you think there are benefits to being a woman in private equity? I do. I think for one thing, you're very memorable usually because women stand out in the private equity setting. So I've had, you know, yeah, many people that just will remember you and recall because that is not typical to have a lot of women in the room. So I think, you know, just from that perspective, but I definitely think that there are perspectives, of course, that, you know, women bring into the different investments, thinking through there are investments or investment areas that I do think women, you know, know maybe better or have just some firsthand knowledge of. And I do think that the connection there with other female executives is very impactful. But I do. I think also being a role model to other women and being able to have the go into the recruiting processes and talk about, you know, what it's like to be a woman in in private equity. So I think that there's a lot of advantages and a lot of opportunities and a lot of white space in in the industry uh, for women to do great things. Yeah, I agree. Surprisingly enough, we're still kind of in this weird pandemic. Our first episode of Deal Us In was in early 2020, or I guess late first quarter 2020, and was about dealing with working from home. And most of us still are predominantly working from home. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the current state of affairs. So thinking back to, you know, late February, early March 2020, what was your initial reaction to the pandemic? That it was just going to be a temporary blip, that we all had to hunker down for a little bit. And, you know, it was going to, we were going to get through it. And it wasn't going to be the disruptor that I think we all have seen. 
Yeah. I thought that. And then when they started issuing us laptops to take home, I was thinking, (laughs) it's going to be longer than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I think that everybody was very hopeful at that time that it was, you know, sure, maybe it was going to be longer than the two weeks that everyone expected, but it was certainly not going to go on for, you know, many organizations who still have not come back into a back into an office face-to-face interaction. So I don't think that anybody, you know, would have realized it would last this long and be such a and reframe a lot of working norms for us. So as you go about recruiting for the various portfolio companies, how has working remotely and interacting with people remotely impacted that process? So I think there's a couple of things. One, on the positive side, is that executive accessibility has been at an all-time high for the past year and a half. So from an executive recruiting and networking perspective, it's actually had a lot of momentum and has accelerated what sometimes can be very difficult to find the time to carve out. And just with everybody feeling very comfortable in Zoom, many times those first meetings were a conference call. And you couldn't really get, you know, the feel for that person. So I think, you know, with more Zooms or Teams or whatever format, you know, people are using for a video conference, that has definitely helped and accelerated. So that's on the positive side of it. I think that it's also accelerated processes. So what we're seeing is that executives are getting, you know, obviously we have a war for talent right now, and there's a lot of opportunities chasing few executives. So we have to be very, very fast, and that virtual environment does enable that, but then we're all needing to respond to that and operate, you know, much quicker. So we're Maybe we would have taken more time or had more rounds of interviews involved, more stakeholders. We have to be very efficient in, you know, because timing is very key. So I think that those are some of the, you know, observations that I've had. I do think that just with this virtual world as well, it has made people rethink relocation. So a lot of, you know, I think relocation was always difficult for a lot of reasons, just children in school or dual-income families cemented in a certain geographical area, housing and whatever commitments or, you know, pros and cons that carried. But now, you know, people are really questioning whether or not they need to move if they can do a role in more of a hybrid type of way. So I think there are still continuing challenges from a geographic perspective. And I think that really lastly, Nothing quite replaces that in-person meeting. And so I think we still really want that and crave that, especially as we're looking to CEOs to lead our companies. You, you don't want to have all of that interaction to have only been in a virtual environment. But, you know, we are also, it has opened up some opportunities to just hone in on being better assessors of talents as well. and really building those relationships and knowledge of that executive and their strengths and, you know, the impact that they can bring in a virtual environment. We've had to dig very deep on that. 
but I think that we're still trying to find good ways to be able to meet in person. And now that people are more readily available or or willing to meet in person, that has had an uptick as well. Yeah. One thing that I enjoy talking about with other women is men. And one of the things that I am the most concerned about with this kind of work from home situation is developing young talent, helping them find mentors, finding a good and positive mentoring relationship when you're not just hopping into somebody's office or grabbing a cup of coffee. Do you have any suggestions for our listeners on how to find a mentor, how to be a mentor when we're in this working remotely situation? Yeah, there's been some great organizations that we've been partnering with and from, you know, investment professionals and also just at the executive levels, especially as females in executive roles are looking to further develop their career, build their network, or even become board members someday. So I think that there are a lot of, there's a lot of accessibility to those different programs, to the different learning opportunities that are out there, and even conferences. I know that a couple of colleagues, uh, peers of mine, we started what we call PE Now. It's private equity network of operating women, and it's senior women in private equity firms who have operational roles, either within the firm or within the portfolio facing, you know, to the portfolio companies. And, you know, we're getting together quarterly on different topics, and that has really accelerated a lot of those connections of where we may have only met one time a year at a conference. We're able to meet more frequently. So I think that there are those opportunities that, you know, weren't as widely available before. Conferences, in-person conferences were probably where you had that and you might may have gravitated to people that you knew. So this has mm-hmm. really been making some really nice connections and broader connections across a group of people. And we're continuously adding that, you know, building some different content, you know, that's beneficial for everybody but then really learning from each other and meeting each other as well and, you know, having those peer-to-peer interactions outside of your organization. So that's been really beneficial, I think. That does sound interesting. Sounds like a great idea, too. In thinking back and from where you are now to where you were when you left school, left college, what advice do you wish you had been able to tell yourself then, your 22-year-old self? So I think it really is don't underestimate your perspective on something and what might come very natural to you as a observation or a perspective can be someone else's blind spot or something that they really haven't considered. And I find that, you know, again, having that, you know, being sometimes that only voice or that minority right in the room that you think, oh gosh, what I have to say might not be, you know, impactful or important. And I do think that it is because that's at the end of the day, what diversity really gives us are those different ways of thinking and approaching something. I would tell myself, don't hold back. Your perspective is important. It's valuable. And it may be somebody else's blind spot. That's great advice. And it's great advice even still, because I think We still 
can hesitate to raise our voice, particularly if we're the only woman in the room, or particularly if you said something and nobody's picked up on it, to say it a little bit louder. Thanks very much, Melissa, and thanks to our listeners. As a reminder, Melissa is co-founder of industry group PE Now, Private Equity Network of Operating Women. Its purpose is to network, collaborate, and focus on relevant topics important to women private equity leaders. You can contact them at pe.networkofoperatingwomen at gmail.com. And if you'd like to suggest topics or recommend a woman in private equity or finance to be interviewed, please go to our website, www.dealusinpodcast.com. Thanks, and have a great day. Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of DLSN. If you have a recommendation for an inspiring interviewee, a question you'd like us to ask, or a topic you would like to hear covered, or if you'd like to tell us about women-focused initiatives in the field, please go to our website at www.dlsnpodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you.